0: Oh my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Nice. your From the Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen Center for Media Evangelization in Yule, New, New Jersey, welcome to Come to Me with Jim Manfredonia. Stay tuned for an hour's talk, reflections, and meditations on topics that are important to today's Catholics. And now, here's your host, Jim Manfredonia.
1: A very good day to you, my friends. Welcome once again to Come to Me. My name is Jim Manfredonia, and as always, it is a great joy to be here with you, as the Lord allows us this time, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern time, to share in the joy of our faith, the joy of the gospel, and I am praying you're having a happy, holy, and blessed October 22nd, 2020, the feast day of St. Pope John Paul II. It was on this day 42 years ago that the Holy Father uh, had his official beginning of his pontificate. And uh, I know today normally is Catechism Day on Thursdays, but I thought we would dedicate the program to good St. Pope John Paul II and share some of his homily from that day. Kind of set the tone for that beautiful 26-year pontificate. Be not afraid. Do not be afraid and then share some quotes from the good saint. And I know so many of you, as myself included, uh, living through that pontificate, uh, grew to know and love John Paul in such a special way. And what an enormous effect he had on not just the church, but the entire world, um, uh, you know, in, in, throughout, throughout his pontificate. And so we'll share some of that with you. Again, it was normally Catechism Day, but really anything from John Paul, basically his Catechism. uh, Beautiful teachings from St. Pope John Paul II. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Before we do that, though, we are going to pray. And as always, my brothers and sisters, I invite you to tune in and pray with us. Now, of course, today, not of course, you wouldn't know, that's what I'm telling you right now. (laughs) I am pre-recording a little earlier in the day, so there's no video today, no live video uh, but uh, if you're listening on one of our Domestic Church Media radio stations or any of our other audio platforms, like our streaming audio from our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, or on our free mobile app, or on the Google Home or Amazon Echo devices, just say, play Domestic Church Media or stream live there, And, you know, there are other, I I think, tunein.com, we're still on that uh, audio app. uh, So, so many ways. And it gives us a wonderful opportunity to reach out, to proclaim the gospel, the joy of the gospel, to so many people every day. And, my brothers and sisters, that is the mission of Domestic Church Media. We exist, like the church, to evangelize, to get the word out to bring Jesus to as many people as possible. You know, when our Lord walked this earth, He He didn't go more than a 100 miles from the place where He was born, right, by foot in His uh, public ministry. But here we are 2,000 years later, reaching the four corners of the earth through uh, technology and bringing Christ and the beautiful gospel message to so many people every day. What a humbling opportunity this is for us. For me personally, again, this is my 25th year of doing this, quarter of a century, and I thank God every day for this opportunity. And I pray, my brothers and sisters, that I will always be able to, for as long as the Lord allows me to do this great apostolate, to do it with great joy and to, to uh, desire to reach as many people as we possibly can to bring people to a closer encounter with Jesus, to help them on their journey in this life that will eventually see them enter into their Father's house. That's the bottom line, as they say. So I thank you for being here. Let's join our hearts and minds now together as one, uh, wherever you are listening from, and pray. And we're praying for all of your intentions, wherever they are. Please know that. I, I do it in my morning and evening prayer here at the radio station before the tabernacle. Uh, but now here we are all joined together. And uh, as I said the other day, you know, we're so thrilled that we have listeners and viewers from around the world joining in prayer. What a great, great thing that is, huh? To be able to come together and pray like this. To, to, to unite our hearts and minds from across so many thousands of miles and raise these prayers up as one. And of course, right now, my brothers and sisters, we're praying for our country of course tonight that you know is the last presidential debate. We know there is a an election less than two weeks away that will determine the direction our country goes. And so as we said and have been saying and will say and pray that God's will be done, that the man who was elected into the office of the president will be the man that God wants there. And that this country and the direction that we find ourselves going in is compliant with the will of Almighty God. That's our prayer. And as I said, I, I, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what the manifestation will be. I just feel in my own heart that over these next, uh, well, how many days is it away? Twelve days away, that we will, especially as we get closer to Election Day, see a manifestation of divine intervention I don't know how that's going to manifest itself but I do believe that it's going to happen. And so we pray that God's will be done. That's the prayer. God's will be done. Also friends pray for our holy father Pope Francis, you know he's under um right now again uh, enormous scrutiny over uh a documentary film that came out yesterday. Uh, in which the filmmaker, in the translation of what the Holy Father said, so the Holy Father was speaking Spanish in the film, and the translation and subtitles uh, and the way it, the film was um, edited and put together would have you believe that the Holy Father is endorsing uh, laws for same-sex unions. Uh, there's a lot of conversation about that. You can read a lot about it from both secular and Catholic media. Uh, I just still step back at this point until we get further clarification. I've seen, uh, there was a video out uh, that I saw this morning uh, from Father Torres, from the uh, Franciscan Pryor of the Renewal, who is himself uh Latino, who in translating what the Holy Father actually said, disputes, what the secular media and even some Catholic media are saying the Holy Father said. So,
2: it's a confusing situation
1: and the one thing it mustn't do, it mustn't divide us. Let's just take a step back, let the situation play out, pray that there's clarification from uh, the Vatican or the Holy Father himself, and look at the situation right now from a, a neutral point of view because we know the devil gets in these things and um,
2: we mustn't allow the body of Christ to be divided. Okay? That's my feeling on this. Is, is,
1: I'm not taking a stand one way or another at this point because I don't really have enough information. I can base my opinion on what the New York Times or the Washington Post or any Catholic media outlet might say, but what's the source of that reporting? What's the source of that information? The final edit of a documentary film with a subtitle translated by the filmmaker? Or what the Holy Father actually said? It's just a, you know, it's a very, very difficult situation. So Let's just pray for him. We should be praying for the Pope every day. And pray for the body of Christ to remain united, because the devil would love us to be divided. He's the father of division, and we can't let that happen. Uh, For all of your intentions, my friends, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Most Holy Trinity, our Father in heaven, who chose Mary as the fairest of your daughters, Holy Spirit, who chose Mary as your spouse, God the Son, who chose Mary as your mother, In union with Mary, we adore your majesty and acknowledge your supreme, eternal dominion and authority. Most Holy Trinity, we put the United States of America into the hands of Mary Immaculate in order that she may present the country to you. Through her, we wish to thank you for the great resources of this land and for the freedom which has been its heritage. Through the intercession of Mary, have mercy on the Catholic Church in America. Grant us peace. Have mercy on our president and on all the officers of our government. Grant us a fruitful economy born of justice and charity. Have mercy on capital and industry and labor. Protect the family life of the nation. Guard the precious gift of many religious vocations. Through the intercession of our mother, have mercy on the sick, the tempted, sinners. On all who are in need. Mary, Immaculate Virgin, our mother, patroness of our land. We praise you and honor you and give ourselves to you. Protect us from every harm. Pray for us, that acting always according to your will and the will of your divine Son, we may live and die pleasing to God. Amen. And we'll pray our prayer to St. Michael the Archangel, which Holy Father asks us to pray every day. Every day he asks us to pray to St. Michael, and also the beautiful and ancient... uh, prayer to our Blessed Mother, the Sultum Presidium Prayer, with the specific intention of protecting the Church from the attacks of the devil. And Holy Father Pope Francis uh, asked us to do that over two years ago, to pray the prayer every day, these prayers every day. And we've added to that intention to protect our country from the attacks of the devil. And so we pray, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle, be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. We fly to your protection, O Holy Mother of God, Do not despise our petitions and our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. And we pray, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, we love you, pray for us. Venerable Archbishop Sheen, pray for us. St. Pope John Paul II, pray for us. Our Lady of Good Remedy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, again, my dear friends, I thank you so much for praying together. And don't forget now, because we still have some of these prayer cards left, we're going to have one more mailing To get these prayer cards out to you, and you can distribute them, especially now as we are in the home stretch uh, to the uh, election, to pray to our Blessed Mother under the title of the Immaculate Conception, as patroness of our country, to present our country to the Most Holy Trinity, to protect this country, and as I said, to make the election results, whatever they are, to be the results in accordance with the holy will of Almighty God. That's the most important thing, because then we know we're on the right track. This country was founded upon the basic Judeo-Christian principles of the unalienable rights of
2: every person to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In our founding document, that's what the fathers intended, and that's what
1: this country must always live by. So, again, we pray that in whatever way, as I said, I don't know what it's going to be. I just have an inner feeling on my heart that we are going to see a manifestation of divine intervention over the next less than two weeks. And the devil's not going to be happy about it, by the way. (laughs) The devil is not going to sit still. So, we have to protect our families we have to protect our children. We have to protect uh, those individuals who are
2: uh, running for office, who are running in the favor of Almighty God, and pray that the manifestation of what I believe to be is going to be a divine intervention uh, will be made evident, and that we could then rejoice in the holy will of
1: Almighty God being done by the electorate and the people of God. Now we, as Catholics, 60 million plus strong in this country, have enormous power, both in the voting booth, but especially in our prayer, fasting,
2: almsgiving, that we can, through this, the power of this, be able to Allow the country to be put
1: in the hands of the Most Holy Trinity through, through the Immaculate Hands of our Blessed Mother. So we'll keep praying for that. But as I said, we still have some of these prayer cards left for our country. If, if you've not yet uh, requested the prayer for the United States, we're happy to send it to you. We're having one more major mailing uh, going out uh, tomorrow. We want to get them out to you. Go to our website, domesticchurchmedia.org, domesticchurchmedia.org, and uh, go to the section up on top that says prayer, and then when you put your cursor over the word prayer, a little menu drops down, click on prayer for the United States, and then uh, give us your name, your address, and how many you want, and we'll be happy to get them out to you. We have the power of prayer right here, and we want to send these prayers to you. All right. um, As I said, as you know, today is the feast of St. Pope John Paul II. Uh, The Holy Father was um, canonized in Rome in 2014, so six years ago, and uh, we had the great blessing of being there on pilgrimage. We took about 42 or 43 pilgrims with us on that very special day in fact uh, a, a wonderful story um there were so many people there and it was very difficult to get into the square i mean the the, the uh, crowds of people stretched down the um the via uh, conciliazione uh what do they call it? the uh, Re- reconciliation the, the, the street of reconciliation um So you couldn't even get in the square unless you got there very, 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 very early. But once the canonization was over and the people dispersed, Cheryl went over to St. Peter's Square, and the altar was still set up. Of course, there was no blessed sacrament, obviously, but the altar was still there. And on the altar, in front of the altar were all these beautiful roses still there. So Cheryl began collecting the rose petals (laughs) from the flowers that were there at the canonization mass. And uh, um, we have them here in our chapel, the petals rose petals from the mass of canonization there um, but john paul, like for me, and I'm sure for so many of you, if not all of you, had an enormous effect on your faith on your on your life, and still does uh one of my dear friends uh, my spiritual director, a good holy priest, said to me uh, a few years ago that Someone like John Paul II comes around once every thousand years. So, you know, in any comparison that people may have had since his pontificate, you know, we know John Paul, we've heard that. Well, very few people are like John Paul do. But it was on this day in 1978 that he was um, officially uh, made Our Holy Father, and he gave this beautiful homily, his first homily as pope, and I want to share some of that with you. Uh, it was October 22nd, 1978, a Sunday, and he began his homily by quoting from Matthew 16: You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And John Paul said these words were spoken by Simon, son of Jonah. Yes, he spoke them with his own tongue, with a deeply lived and experienced conviction. But it is not in him that they find their source, their origin, because it was not flesh and blood that revealed this to you, but to my Father in heaven. quoting from, again, Matthew 16, they were the words of faith. And John Paul said these words marked the beginning of Peter's mission in the history of salvation, in the history of the people of God. In that moment... From that confession of faith, the sacred history of salvation and the people of God was bound to take on a new dimension to express itself in the historical dimension of the church. John Paul said the ecclesial dimension of the history of the people of God takes its origin in fact is born from these words of faith and it is linked to the man who uttered them. You are Peter, the rock, and on you, as on a rock, I will build my church. And John Paul said, on this day, in this place, these same words must again be uttered and listened to. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. John Paul said, yes, brothers and sons and daughters, these words first of all, their content reveals to our eyes the mystery of the living God, the mystery to which the Son has brought us close. Nobody, in fact, has brought the living God as close to man and revealed Him as He alone did. In our knowledge of God, and our journey towards God, we are totally linked to the power of these words. He who sees me sees the Father. He who is infinite, inscrutable, ineffable, has come close to us in Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Virgin Mary, in the stable of Bethlehem. And John Paul said, again, this is his first homily on on October 22nd, 1978. All of you who are still seeking God, all of you who already have the inestimable good fortune to believe, and also you who are tormented by doubt, please listen once again. Today in this sacred place, to the words uttered by Simon Peter, in those words is the faith of the church, in those same words is the new truth, indeed the ultimate and definitive truth about man, the son of the living God. You are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Today, the new bishop of Rome solemnly begins his ministry and the mission of Peter in this city. In fact, Peter completed and fulfilled the mission and trusted him to him by the Lord. And the Lord addressed him with these words When you were young, you put on your own belt and walked where you liked. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hand, and somebody else will put a belt around you and take you where you would rather not go. This from John 21. And John Paul said, Peter came to Rome. Now, I'm going to stop there for a moment, because we've been blessed in the course of our lives, Cheryl and I, to, to have been to Rome uh, multiple times. We... Uh, Spent our honeymoon there back in nineteen eighty five we were married in on december twenty eighth nineteen eighty five Christmas week, and we headed over to Rome for our honeymoon and that's when John Paul was our holy Father. We didn't see him unfortunately, would have loved to have seen him, but we did uh go to mass uh that Sunday in St. Peter's and then again on New Year's Day, we went to Mass at St. Peter's uh, Basilica. And we've been to Rome a number of times since then, obviously, on pilgrimage. And I I just love being in that beautiful Basilica. It it is there where the Basilica built over the place where Peter uh, is buried. And they they have a wonderful tour you can go on called the um, Scoby tour, Scoby tour, Scoby tour um, that take you down to the place where Peter is is buried. He came to Rome, uh, John Paul said. He said, "What else but obedience to the inspiration received from the Lord guided and brought him to the city, the heart of the empire." Perhaps the fishermen of Galilee did not want to come here. Perhaps he would have preferred to stay there on the shores of the lake of Genesara with his boat and his nets. But guided by the Lord, obedient to his inspiration, he came here. And you know, you think about that beautiful uh, statement by John Paul.
2: Any one of us in our journey of faith, the Lord usually does and eventually does, ask us to go someplace where maybe we'd rather not go.
1: Right? And St. Paul said, perhaps Peter, the fisherman of Galilee, didn't didn't want to
2: come to Rome.
1: Perhaps he would have preferred to stay right where he was with his boat
2: and his nets on the lake. <laughs> but guided by the Lord and obedient to his inspiration, he came here. Setting that great example Of mission and discipleship. Some of you listening right now, maybe, maybe all of you listening right now can say in your own journey of
1: faith, which we all have, you know, John Paul would tell us often as our Holy Father that conversion is a lifelong journey. Conversion just doesn't just happen, uh, in, in the snap of a finger, in the flash of light and all of a sudden we're 180 degrees from where we had been. Conversion is a lifelong journey. And in that conversion journey, the Lord will ask us to go someplace that we probably would rather not. We, we want to stay in our own comfort zone. But if I go there, Lord, looks like there might be some trouble ahead.
2: <laughs> if I go there, Lord, looks like I might even be crucified. But the Lord will guide us And we must be obedient to that inspiration, as Peter was. He came to Rome. John Paul said, according to an ancient tradition, Peter wanted to leave Rome during Nero's persecution, but the Lord intervened. He went to meet him. Peter spoke to him and asked, Quo vadis domine? Where are you going, Lord?
1: And the Lord answered him at once, I am going to Rome to be crucified again. Well, in those words, Peter went back to Rome and stayed there until his own crucifixion.
2: John Paul said, again, this is his first homily, 42 years ago today. Yes, brothers and sons and daughters, Rome is the sea of Peter. Down the centuries, new bishops continually
1: succeeded him in this sea. Today, a new bishop comes to the chair of Peter in Rome, a bishop full of trepidation, conscious of his unworthiness. And how could one not tremble before the greatness of this call and before the universal mission of this sea of Rome? John
2: Paul said to the sea of Peter in Rome, there succeeds today a bishop who is not a Roman, a bishop who was a son of Poland. But from this moment, he too becomes a Roman. Yes, a Roman. He is a Roman also
1: because he is the son of a nation whose history from its first dawning and whose thousand-year-old traditions are marked by a living, strong, unbroken, and deeply felt link with the See of Peter, a nation which has ever remained faithful to the See of Rome, inscrutable
2: in the design of divine revelation and divine providence. John Paul said in past centuries, when the successor of Peter took possession of his See, a tiara
1: was placed on his head. The last pope to be crowned was Paul VI in 1963, but after the solemn coronation ceremony, he never used the tiara again and left his successors free to decide in this regard. And John Paul said Pope John Paul I, whose memory is so vivid in our hearts, did not wish to have the tiara, nor does his successor wish it today. This is not the time to return to a ceremony and an object considered wrongly. To be the symbol of temporal power of the popes. Our time calls us, urges us, obliges us to gaze on the Lord and immerse ourselves in humble and devout meditation on the mystery of the supreme power of Christ Himself. So there you see John Paul even in accordance with the, uh, his, his predecessor John Paul I, who chose not to wear the tiara, I'm sure some people had a problem with that. There's this new Pope who all of a sudden is breaking with tradition. Well, let me take a break, uh, and when I come back, my friends, uh, we'll do more of John Paul II, his homily, and some uh, some quotes from the Holy Father. so stay where you are. There's more to come on. come to me.
2: church started the Gospels. The church did not come out of the Gospels. It was the Gospels that came out of the church. The church preceded the New Testament, not the New Testament, the church. Men did not believe in the resurrection because the gospel said there was a resurrection.
1: The Gospel writers wrote down the story of the crucifixion, for example, and the
2: resurrection because they believed it. How enlightening. The Church did not come to believe in the virgin birth because the Gospels tell us there is a virgin birth. It was because the living Word of God in His mystical body of the Church already believed it, and they set it down in the Gospels.
1: Listen to Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen every Sunday morning at 7.30, right here where you are family, Domestic Church, Catholic Radio.
0: Hello, brothers and sisters. This is Sister Ann Shield speaking to you from Food for the Journey, a program that is heard on domestic church radio Monday through Friday at 6:30 a.m. I want to encourage you to listen to that program, not because I'm doing it, but because I speak of the scripture readings for the day, and the Word of God is what gives us life. Brothers and sisters, today we need life. What have you done for your marriage today?
1: I gave my wife a hug this morning. I thought uh, I love her. I a sit on the couch.
2: I hope you're know,
0: I cooked my husband's uh, favorite breakfast. I sent my husband a love email. What have I done for my marriage today? Good question. Uh, I gave her a call and say thinking of it. And the kids, I uh, did her hair this morning. It looks pretty good. <laughs> We're going to the museum as a family. What have I done for my marriage today? I made my wife coffee and breakfast this
1: morning. It's going to be her birthday next week, so I've been spending time today making arrangements to make that extra special. Always every day. I borrow an orchid.
0: I found was able to let me sleep in by taking home care of him in the morning. I read the newspaper to my wife and it cracked her up. She's, a, she's still laughing. What will be done for your marriage today? Small changes can make a world of difference. Get started at foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church.
2: Do you want
1: to end abortion? And halt the attack on traditional marriage? And ensure religious freedom for ourselves and for our grandchildren? To do this, we must convert the culture. St. Paul Street Evangelization is a grassroots initiative that recognizes this need and takes it to the streets. If you're interested in peacefully sharing the gospel in your area, visit StreetEvangelization.com to learn more. We want to invite
2: you to pray the rosary with us. The rosary is many things, but perhaps... The best way to think about the rosary is to think about it as a spiritual place, Mm -hmm. as an invisible chapel that you can enter into, even in a busy time of life.
1: Pray the Holy Rosary with Father Benedict Groeschel, mornings at 9.30, right here on Domestic Church Radio. Hi, I'm Mike Walsh, co-host of Talking Catholic. Every week our show will bring you in-depth interviews with the hard-working people doing the Lord's work in parishes, schools, and ministries. Our increasingly secularized world often makes it easy to forget that we are surrounded by wonderful workers in the vineyard. On Talking Catholic, we will bring you their perspectives on how we can better serve God and our neighbors. Tune in to Talking Catholic on Sundays at 11 a.m. and Mondays at 4 p.m.
0: communicating hope on these domestic church media stations.
1: Welcome back, friends, on this feast day of St. Pope John Paul II. St. Pope John Paul the Great, perhaps. I don't know if that title has been officially given to him, but uh, I know a lot of people do believe that. And we all believe that. I think, actually, Holy Father Pope Francis released a, um, a book back in uh, May, I believe, a reflection on John Paul II and his writings. And I think he made reference to John Paul the Great, so maybe unofficially or officially, we'll see. But anyway, he's great in the hearts and minds (laughs) of so many. And he's our topic today on this, his feast day, so I'm happy you are here. In case you're just tuning in, I did pre-record the program a little earlier today, so there is no video. If you're checking out our YouTube channel or our our, uh, Facebook page or homepage, no video today, but coming to you on this great feast day and sharing with you. Some of John Paul II's homily on that uh, October 22nd, 1978, 42 years ago today. Hard to believe, 42 years. I remember the day he was elected. I remember this day uh, quite clearly. So I guess my memory still remember that far back. But 42 years, is almost half a century. I don't uh, know. You know, has this been some year? And we all agree to that. And I think John Paul is a great. Intercessor for us right now you know he was our holy Father for a quarter of over a quarter of a century uh, from nineteen seventy eight to two thousand five and uh, the world changed a lot during that pontificate and uh, the changing for the better in so many ways was due uh, totally or in part to the pontificate of john paul II. but we should go to him now especially today you know the, the debate of tonight the presidential debate we're hearing a lot of news stories about that situation and the candidates and uh, and our Holy Father and that situation. Just got to pray, 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 John Paul, to intercede for us, intercede for us, and bring us on that path to light. Before we get back to this, I do want to remind you, I mentioned it yesterday, as you know, because I shared it with you. Uh, we didn't have our annual Radiothon back in April as we had planned because of the pandemic. We certainly knew at that time in the beginning of April, just before Easter, that our family of listeners and viewers had much more on their mind than a Radiothon, so we decided not to have it. But because the funds that we raise each year in our Radiothon over the past couple of years have represented between 40 to 45 percent of our annual operating budget, You can imagine the financial straits we have found ourselves in over the past number of months. So, we have to have this Radiothon, and we will have the Radiothon, God willing, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. The first week in December, obviously. Uh, Advent, December 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. And I'm asking you and praying, my brothers and sisters, that you open your heart to support this work. During those three days, especially, Um, we just have so many great needs now. um, In my, as I said yesterday, you know, I have a wonderful radiothon core team that we put together each year, and we had a conference call on Monday, and we're envisioning. We don't know the exact theme yet, but we're envisioning the visual of a lighthouse. You know, this has been one stormy year, hasn't it? But you know, the thing that maybe people don't think about, but should, that when everything else was shutting down, when everything else was closing, including our churches, locked. Domestic church media was here. Never shut down, never closed, never went away. Broadcast the gospel boldly and without compromise,
2: a shining light and guiding hearts and minds and souls to the safe harbor of our faith. And now it's we who come to you and ask you to help us keep this light shining because we can't do this without you. So over the next,
1: I guess, month and a half, what is it, today's another six weeks perhaps, as we get into uh, that early December second, third, and fourth, and have our radio fund, that you will be generous. Help us, because we have fallen gravely short financially over the past few months because of having no radio fund, and that's how we survive, by you, your prayers, and your generosity. So please keep that in mind. Maybe put a few extra coins in, in, in your coin jar between now and then, save your change, or Uh, If you have a prayer group or even on a parish level, want to help us out in any way, we're here for you. As I said, the the visual we keep seeing is the vision of the image of a lighthouse guiding people into safe harbor through this entire storm that was twenty and is 2020. So pray about that, if you would. Okay, let's go back to, this is the homily that uh, St. Pope John Paul II gave on that October 22nd,
2: 1978. Um, he said, "The new successor of Peter in the
1: Sea of Rome today makes a fervent, humble, and trusting prayer. Christ, make me become and remain the servant of Your unique power, the servant of Your sweet power, the servant of Your power that knows no eventide. Make me be a servant, indeed, the servant of Your servants." John Paul said, "Brothers and sisters, this, uh, this is it. This is what he said. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this, this is it. This is this was really his his motto. I know Totus Tuus was
1: a motto on his on his official coat of arms, but when he said this, brothers and sisters, do not be afraid to welcome Christ and accept His power. Help the Pope and all those who wish to serve Christ." and with Christ's power to serve the human person and the whole of mankind. Listen, my brothers and sisters, this is my own words here. Listen carefully. October 22nd, 1978, 42 years ago, our new Pope, now Saint Pope John Paul II, said, Do not be
2: afraid. Open wide the doors for Christ. Just, Just visualize that. Do Not be afraid, open wide the doors of Christ, the doors for Christ, Master. Right. open wide the doors for Christ, because you know when you open wide the doors for Jesus, as John Paul said earlier in this homily and that will be discussed, he may ask us to go places that we're not going to be too comfortable in. I remember one time. Many, many years ago, in the beginning of our apostolate,
1: you know, in in the beginning of our apostolate, before we had any radio station on radar, we we knew we wanted one, we didn't have any idea where one was yet, but I needed to get together and gather groups of individuals who could fund the project once we found a radio station. Let's face it, you know, it doesn't just drop out of the sky. Although I must say, due to the kindness and generosity of, of John and Rita Tice, the Cape May station did just kind of drop out of the sky for us. But our first station, you know, we'd have conference calls every day. Not every day, maybe every few days. I'd be on the phone with with a, a core team of, of my board of directors and strategizing how we're how we doing this, who should I meet. Father Benedict Rochelle of Happy Memory would, would call me. Jim, I thought of someone else you should call who has money and from he's from New Jersey. He will help you.
2: And so I had to gather all these people and, and their resources. And it got sometimes rather tiring because there were times where I was not successful.
1: Probably more times than not where I'd go out and meet people and they wouldn't,
2: whether their means wouldn't allow, or they just had other obligations, or they couldn't they couldn't help us. Very disappointing. And I kept saying, Lord, I'm opening wide the doors for you. What's going on here? But I remember one time
1: I was leaving my house. I had a meeting that morning up in North Jersey. And I was leaving my home, and I, my car was in our garage, an attached garage we have in our house, and The door from our family room leads into the garage, and I was stepping into our family room to go to the door leading to the garage, and above our uh, fireplace, we had, at the time, the beautiful Divine Mercy image.
2: very large image over our fireplace. And... I was walking down, and I looked up, and I saw our Lord there with his arms outstretched and
1: the the red and white rays from his heart. And and I was just, again, feeling a little discouraged because I had met a number of people and not had any any positive results, and I was tired. I had to go to North Jersey, and I was rushed in the morning. And I I remember walking, uh, putting my hand on the doorknob to open the door, looking up at our Lord's beautiful image divine mercy. I said, Lord, this is not easy.
2: And I heard him say to me very clearly, neither was Calvary. And so, you see, when we open wide the doors for Christ, Holy Father prefaced that by saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because he may ask us to do things that will not be comfortable, will not be easy
1: will not be pleasant. He may ask us to go places where we will not be welcome, where the gospel message will be spurned. He may ask us to meet people who do not like us because of who we are
2: and what we represent in the person of Jesus. John Paul said, do not be afraid. He went on to say in this homily to his saving power, Open the boundaries of states,
1: economic and political systems, the vast fields of culture, civilization and development. Do not be afraid, John Paul said once again. Christ knows what is in
2: man. He alone knows it. We we're on a spot here on our station regularly from our dear, again, of happy memory, Mother Angelica. It was from an interview I did with her back in 1996, I think, where she speaks very clearly about the need we have for Catholic radio, for Catholic television, and that if we don't have it, we shall surely answer to God for it. But she says, there are six billion people in the world, and we have to reach them all. And John Paul said, open the boundaries of states, open economic and political systems, open the vast fields of culture, civilization, and development to the saving power of Jesus. The world is hungering and thirsting for something. But in so many cases, the world is looking in all the wrong places, to quote the old country song. They're looking for love in all the wrong places. They're not going to get it from uh, financial success or military
1: power or uh, any type of of dominion over the
2: people through uh, sovereignty and royalty and kingship. When the world opens the doors for Jesus, things will change. This is why it's so important, my brothers and sisters, if I can tie this in, I know it's,
1: it's John Paul's feast day, and, and I think today, if he were alive today, just as he worked so hard during his pontificate
2: to bring down communism and Marxism, and all the other isms that are out there. To open wide the doors for Jesus. He would look, especially at a country like the United
1: States, which is, speaking of lighthouses and beacons, for the entire world. People come here to the tune legally of a million each year just to become citizens, to live here, to... to, uh, Obtain everything this country has to offer, especially in the way of freedom and especially in the unalienable rights of life,
2: liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that we offer or should be offering. The freedom to worship. When John Paul came here, he came here, I believe, it was at three different times on
1: pilgrimage during that pontificate. The first one was 1979, I believe, and then back in the uh, mid-80s,
2: and then, of course, in the 90s when he came to our part of, the, of uh, the country. He said, So often today man does not know what is within him, in the depth of his mind and heart. So
1: often he is uncertain about the meaning of his life on this earth. He is assailed by doubt, a doubt which turns into despair. We ask you, therefore, we beg you with humility and
2: trust, let Christ speak to man. He alone has words of life, yes, of eternal life.
1: Precisely today, and remember this is October 22, 1978, precisely today the whole church is celebrating World Mission Day. That is, she is praying, meditating, and acting in order that Christ's words of life may reach all people and be received by them as a message of hope Salvation and total liberation, and doesn't that really uh, summarize what would become the 26-year pontificate of John Paul II? The fact that he was um, made Holy Father officially uh, entered into the the, the
2: uh, as the Vicar of Christ on this day, which was that year World Mission Sunday, as the Church, and uh, he quote to quote the saint, saying she is praying, the church
1: is praying, meditating, and acting in order that Christ's words of life may reach all people
2: and be received by them as a message of hope, salvation, and total liberation. Now, 1978 didn't have all the social media that we have today, didn't have
1: all the other means of communications that we have today, and where we've come in 42 years, this apostolate, Domestic Church Media, being an example of a fruit of John
2: Paul II's call for a new evangelization, using all means of communications to bring Christ into the world, his words of life,
1: reaching as many people as possible, this message of hope of salvation, of total liberation. And as I said, those three words really summarize in a great way the great pontificate of John Paul II, the
2: pontificate of hope, a pontificate of salvation, a pontificate of total liberation, that still to this day, by my very fact that I'm reading his homily from 42 years ago, is having the same effect and the same impact on the world, or anybody who's listening right now, John Paul gave us enormous example of of charity, mercy, love, fraternal correction, discipline, discipleship, liberation. John Paul, too, and his great pontificate taught us in a a way,
1: as my spirit said, comes around probably once every thousand years,
2: that was crystal clear. to so many people, not just Catholics. People who, to this day, if they read what
1: John Paul wrote in the course of those 26 years, and my brothers and sisters, it's all there. All you have to do is go to the Vatican website, www.vatican.va, and go to the John Paul 2 page, and there is 26 years of teaching From homilies to Angelus' message, Regina Chaley, apostolic exhortations,
2: encyclicals, speeches. I mean, just read it. It'll take you 26 years to go through it all. Uh, But what an impact this holy man had on the world and on the church. He was a man for the times. You know, we have to believe that, that the man who is
1: our Pope in any, at any time during our great church's history was a man for that particular time, as ordained by the Holy Spirit. And John Paul II, from 1978 to 2005, an enormous quarter of a century plus that was a great transition
2: for the world, especially in the way of communications. You know, John Paul II was an outstanding communicator. He had a great gift for communicating the gospel message. And not all popes do. (laughs) Not all popes do. But they're there for a reason and a purpose for that time, in whatever way that might be. And remember, all of them, including John Paul II, are just men. Some greater than others in their uh, the way they uh, lived their lives of heroic virtue, but John Paul II set the example, and as I said, we can still learn from
1: him today. Fifteen years after his death, forty-two years after he began his pontificate, we can still learn from him
2: today in that great message. Of hope, that great message, as he said in his speech, of of salvation, that great message of total liberation for all of us. What would John Paul, too, think about today's world?
1: What would he think about the state of the church today, the division in the church? What would he think about the polarization? of
2: the world in so many areas, the polarization of the citizens of this country. But he is, as a saint, an intercessor in a very special way. And so we go to him today, on this, his feast day,
1: and on the eve of our presidential election or the nearness of our presidential election, and to intercede for us in our country that this country can once again live the message of hope, live the message of salvation, live the message of, of total liberation
2: through the way we govern ourselves, and we are self-governing. So, my friends, again, on this great, great feast day, John Paul II, we ask the Holy Father, St. Pope John Paul II, to pray for us, to intercede for us,
1: to teach us to not be afraid, to teach us that God is in control and we have nothing to fear at all. That through His intercession, we will always be confident in God's great power over this world. And by our being able to remain faithful to our, our call as brothers and sisters in the Lord, we will see great changes. Okay, i got to go. Uh, happy Feast Day, St. John Paul II pray for us. My brothers and sisters, Cheryl and I will be here tomorrow at 4 o'clock, so tune in then. We'll look forward to seeing you. Have a great rest of your day. My name is Jim Manfredonia. Thanks for listening. God bless you, and God love you.